0: Hello and welcome to the British Haunting Podcast, episode four, if you can believe it. Can you believe that, Dan? I'd, um, I'm in shock already. It's gone very
1: quick, hasn't it? It has four weeks in one month.
0: Exactly. Yeah. This this week, kidding? we are asking a rather unnerving question to you, the listener. Yeah. Uh, we are asking, is your house haunted? Is your house haunted, Dan?
1: I don't think so, but um, I was hoping you could help me with a guide of some sort. I'm not
0: sure. <laughs> you come to the right place. Hey. Um, <laughs> that's right. So this week, uh, again, you, you may have seen uh, some of our um, pictures or messages on social media. We are asking, is your house haunted? Uh, we're going to be going through essentially um, a, a multi-step guide to... Uh, well common symptoms really if you could call it that of a haunted house Um, some of these might sound quite familiar some might sound quite strange but either way all of them are quite unsettling and a little unnerving so hold tight go and grab yourself a drink if you can Uh, wherever you are listening to us this week um, we want to thank you for joining us sit tight and get ready for episode four of the British Haunting podcast Episode four, British Haunting Podcast. Uh, again, this week we are asking, is your house haunted? And we're going to be bringing you a multi-step guide to being able to hopefully answer that question with some assurance. Um, I uh, want to introduce you to Dan. Dan, hello.
1: Hey, Steve. How you doing?
0: I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting week. Uh, a lot has happened. Um, I've got some news. Would you like to hear my news, Dan?
1: I would like. I'm, I'm very ready for news.
0: I mean, I, I think you know it, but for the sake of listening and creating a podcast, perhaps the, the listeners at home might. Um, so this week, after many years of, of uh, working quite hard, um, I, I passed my course, Dan. I've got my qualification. Hey. So yeah. now you are
1: Dr. Steve.
0: I am officially Doctor Steve, yeah. So it's, uh, it's it's quite a relief. Uh, I think I'm feeling it a little bit today, though. You know, when all that kind of tension is starting to drop off, and and your yeah, body just, yeah. I think I'm going to have some sleep for about three weeks. That's where I am today.
1: Okay, you're ready for hibernation
2: mode.
0: I think I am. Yeah, I'm ready to. I I know Christmas is like what a month away, but I think I'm ready for that that big Christmas dinner, and you know that kind of sleep okay. that you want to have after a big rush. Yeah, That's hey. where I am.
1: So you've been out, you've been buying big bales of hay and sort of essentially creating a giant nest in one of your rooms, have you?
0: What's weird is it's almost like you've described my last three or four days down to a tee. So, well, oh, yeah. that's
1: good. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that you have been doing that. Um, if we could put <laughs> some pictures on Instagram, you know, the British Haunting Instagram has... The room for you to be able to just put up your nesting pictures, <laughs> you know, where you've sort of burrowed yourself into a little. I'm expecting you to look like a harvest mouse of some sort, at least.
0: <laughs> I, th- I so. think, uh, yeah, I think we're onto something there. It might be a slight different angle um, for anyone new to the podcast. They might be a little concerned, but that's by and by. Um, returning the question, Dan, how are you? Yeah,
1: I, I'm good. I'm ready. I've. Are you made? People may listen and think, "Hey, he sounds a bit better this week." That's because I invested twenty pounds also in a little microphone, and it seems to be working quite well, so sounds
2: quite great, like it. it
1: sounds a bit better than the headset that I used for work um, yeah. which last week was a little bit breathier than I would have hoped.
0: Um, was that your call center head headset that
1: was, the, that was essentially what we you could call a call center headset, yes, I mean yeah. you know in essence that's what I'm doing as a job, so
0: <laughs> you know? I, I think I think you're, I think you're playing that down a little bit. For the listeners at home, um, Dan is a mental health professional and uh and wears many different hats in his role and does a great job um keeping uh members of our community safe and well um for for people listening though it might you know it might sound a bit odd like as if perhaps we're in a room but we're talking as if we're not well we are in rooms just separate rooms from many different miles away because of the national lockdown we're still recording this from uh remote locations so uh um, so do bear with us, um, but we are absolutely loving this adventure and right with well, yourselves. Yeah. Sorry, Dan, absolutely. you can carry so, on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I was wondering uh, whether, as everyone else was, whether you were wondering whether there mm-hmm. really was anybody called Clairvoyant out there. You know, last week we were sort of speculating that Mr. and yes. Mrs. Voyant might have some family. Well, anyway, it just so happens <laughs> that there is. And I mm-hmm. of the many, I have chosen three. So oh. are you ready to go through
0: those? Uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. So I don't know about you, but I quite like the Marvel Universe. The first clairvoyant is someone who goes by the name of Black Widow. Now, you you might be thinking, surely Black Widow is Natalia Romanov.
0: Oh, I was thinking that. Yeah, 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 I'm
1: sure you were. And so many people out there were too. But this one is uh, the name or the passport of this lesser known one. Is a uh, clairvoyant. She's a Marvel character, oh. and looking into it, there seems to be a lot of information about this character. But I didn't go into it because you know that's not my uh, it's not my area of expertise, and it's really not going to be. But the second one, probably a yeah. little closer to home.
0: Uh, right.
1: The second one was a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. You know the show?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise uh, no known as Tai Ty, Tyann. This Kiwi drag star is best known for being in season two of the RuPaul's Drag Race. He uh, happens to be friends with a person called Willie Smackintosh, apparently. <laughs> and uh, thirdly, the best. Oh, one. can
0: I just can I just interrupt you there, just yeah, for a yeah, second? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, because obviously, with uh, I mean, I, I don't watch it, but uh, my my I think my daughter has with um the uh, RuPaul drags. Is it Ru- RuPaul? RuPaul. Drags, yeah, drag yeah. Race. Yep. that's the one. Yeah, um, obviously, a lot of that is about image and and how one looks. Um, so I have a uh, I have my obligatory dad joke. Would you like to hear it? Yep. What do you call an overweight psychic in a pool?
1: I don't know, Steve. I don't know.
0: Clairvoyant. Hey. <sighs> oh, I needed to get in there somehow. Oh, oh please carry on.
1: So the third one on my little list of clairvoy- people out there calling themselves clairvoyant is someone who due to the relevance of uh, you know I, I know you really, you're thinking please I want some relevance soon um due to the nice. relevance of the podcast <laughs> is a woman whose not real name is Claire Broad who's probably okay. inspired jealousy amongst all of kith and kin as her web address is clairvoyant.co.uk now I've had a look at this website and this woman is someone professes to be a clairvoyant she has many many testimonies from uh, clients right. that she's met who have used her service you know they get in touch with their loved ones who have dearly departed and they've left uh, like trust pilot like reviews on her website so if okay. you are in a position <laughs> where mediumship is something that you're into and you think well I would like to know what my uh my past beloved is doing now or thinks or whatever you could get in touch with clairvoyant.co.uk and um she'll probably do you a good service
0: i i it sounds like she would um she that, would. although you have to be careful how you phrase that last sentence um mm,
2: Maybe it,
0: so. it, it, uh, just for to clear up anything we don't have any uh sponsorship or ties with any other we businesses or services whether At the it's moment, drag stars or otherwise yeah at the moment it'd be nice to to be able to reach out to some people though um but yeah like you say please carry on
1: yes indeed so there's the three that i found just uh, i know that last week i speculated maybe there's a clairvoyant and i thought i really needed
2: to follow this up
0: yeah so Um, i did um, do do you remember as well last week i said about a psychic umbrella and i used it as a term and we we toyed with the idea of a psychic umbrella being one of the, uh, one, one of the, of the items, the quality merch, items yes. that, yeah, that you could get on the British haunting website, which will be launching within about 10 days. And there's some oh, yeah. quality merchandise on there. Um, all eth- ethically sourced, of course. Um, and so, you know, we had the idea, do we have a psychic umbrella? What is a psychic umbrella? And if you're absolutely as confused as we are, go back and listen to last week's mammoth podcast and you'll hear us discussing it. Uh, well, anyway, I thought, I would do a little search for psychic umbrella. And, uh, once you sift through all the chaff and you get on the, uh, the shopping sites, there's a, uh, there's a Chinese website and oh. uh, that supplies, um, should we say it supplies items that might not be of the highest quality to other people who might want to flog them then on, pro- on services like Amazon and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they, one of these companies sells a psychic umbrella, oh. um, yeah it's, it's in what um, way is it psychic i i honestly don't know i looked in it i don't know if it opens on its own and you know predicts the when it's yeah, going it to rain predicts when um, you need to use it yeah um oh, so i was quite disappointed there was there's nothing psychic about it so i think there's a gap in the market there psychic is. umbrella might be making its way to the british haunting website
1: yeah yeah, yeah. um oh, just a small thing very quickly yeah. before you move on to what this the episode's actually about. When you say supplies, you're not doing a terribly racist accent, are you?
2: <laughs> no, no, we're, we're
1: keeping this oh, clean.
0: Because
1: I, I would have been surprised for a moment if you had.
0: <laughs> now we'll avoid that one for the meantime. Get shut down by episode five.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Shut them down, racist.
0: Oh, dear me. <laughs> right. Shall we get on with it?
1: absolutely so this week what is it 10 signs your house is haunted
0: yeah we might have a couple of bonus signs as well Ooh. we'll see, uh, we'll see we yeah that's <laughs> right,
2: good of you so,
0: sit tight hold on and get ready for uh, blank signs your house is haunted Right. Let's get on with this. Um, obviously, it's a uh, it's a question that many people uh, in all seriousness, you know, many people do toy with the idea here and there. Uh, they might have some kind of unexplained phenomena happening in their house uh, or, you know, the home or wherever it is they live. It might even be where they perhaps work and go to each day or spend a, a, a good proportion of their, their day or even night. And um, as you can imagine, it's it can be quite unsettling if things are happening and you can't explain it. Now, obviously, on the British Haunting podcast, we like to look at things from, uh, from every angle. And, uh, you know, we especially... Um, In today's day and age, we have a lot more tools and uh, knowledge and research open to us where we can dismiss things where they need to be dismissed, but um, also explore things further where they need exploring. So we're going to go through some uh, really some pointers of common uh, symptoms, if we want to put it like that, uh, of, of things in your house that might indicate a haunting. They might not. Obviously, but they might indicate a haunting, Um, and so hopefully we can answer by the end of this uh, your question of whether your house is haunted or not. So, starting off with number one, Dan, um, what first sign? And this is in no particular order, really, until we probably get to the end. um, Is uh, that feeling of being watched when alone? Nice,
1: very ready. I. We all sort of have this, don't we? Where we're at home, and you, most of our lives, especially these days when with lockdown, if you're fortunate enough to be with somebody, then you're spending a lot of time with those people. Maybe yeah. some, maybe too much time with people, really. Um, but and, and maybe that increases the feeling of when they, well, you are on your own. That that's a little bit creepy.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah possibly um i was just thinking of being with some people could be creepy but um you know that's uh, that's another <laughs> or maybe, or maybe that's that's
1: I, I think you need to report that
0: yeah um i, I think it's uh um it, it's definitely um it's definitely a tricky one um people you know feeling that they they've been uh, being watched when alone i mean there's there's quite a bit of science behind it. Um, uh, that can possibly explain that I know you've got some information on that for us Dan
1: yeah I mean I was obviously when you sent me this I had an idea well I might as well have a look into what scientific reasoning might be if there is any mm. and I, I found that some pe- uh, some scientists as you might call them um, have studied this and looked into it and found that um, this phenomena of feeling of being watched when you're alone can be otherwise known as feeling of a presence,
2: mm.
1: and, and this can be co- in, you know they induced this in some in their participants in their study and found that people when in the study when this happened the areas of the brain that lit up would have been linked to the, what we call uh, the tempo parietal junction, the insula and the frontoparietal cortex, and those areas essentially monitor the outside the inside of the body and then with the additional um frontal parietal cortex also measure your your own body's movement and when those three parts of the brain sort of get muddled through either being tired or other things like uh, i mean the people that they had in this study originally had epilepsy and other sensory motor problems sure they would mess up the signals on a much more regular basis than you or i But they found that that was part of the issue that these people had. And then if you look into this study, and and I think the person's name was blank, but I I have to look at it again. Yeah. If you look into the study, they did um, work with robots and essentially staggered being touched and then the feeling of not being touched. And that um, gave these scientific types the knowledge that they were looking for in in as much as that's what the disconnect was.
2: Hmm. So, yeah, it's, yeah.
0: Um, yeah sorry carry on
1: no it's good it's it's the the science behind it i enjoy looking at so.
0: yeah I, th- I think i mean that that can it can really help um i, I uh having speak, spoken to a, f- a few different people in the near- looking at a completely different area uh, a couple of people i know who suffer from say anxiety um and they'll get certain symptoms uh, actual physical manifestations and, w- and when when they've been able to discuss the you know the actual perhaps biological reasons why those sensations are happening um it's helped them to deal with those symptoms a lot more it's not necessarily stopped them but it's you know given them the peace to be able to make some sort of sense from it so and, and you can understand how that would be uh, certainly a, a a particular thing here, but obviously that that feeling of being watched alone. I, I think the important point here um obviously, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that whilst there very well may be a spirit of some sort staring at you whilst you're using the toilet at three in the morning, uh there may also be a reasonable biological reason for that feeling. Um uh, of course, the silly thing to do here would be to create a false dichotomy, I think, of, say, science on one side and the existence of paranormal phenomena on the other side. And the reason why I say that is because there's, there's a rich history of scientific investigation into a phenomena known as, now I'm going to try and get this right, uh, Um is, is also known as the psychic staring event, Um and it's, it ties into obviously what you was talking about there, Dan. Uh, basically, it's an experience whereby humans detect being stared at by um, we say extrasensory means. So I'm not saying uh, you know I don't mean that necessarily in a psychical way, but um, it, it's a it's a natural um effect in that respect but various studies have explored um the reliability reliability should say uh with which humans can sort of visually detect gazes from individuals Um brain imaging and this is fascinating but brain imaging has shown that the brain cells which are activated uh when a test subject can see that they're being stared at are actually distinct from the cells activated when the starer's eyes are averted away from the subject by just a few degrees it's a uh, the theory goes that it's the ability to sort of pr- precisely detect the target of a stare's gaze. Um, and it's, it's conferred that there's a basically an evolutionary advantage um, for like, improving threat detection capabilities, which um, sounds like an American military weapon of some sort. It um, but it, it, it's great because it's, uh, but it does that as well as facilitating nonverbal communication. So, um, so whereas, obviously a few people may experience the phenomena of feeling like they're sort of being watched because of an issue, uh, uh, because of an issue, as you mentioned, obviously, like with their uh, front, correct me if I'm wrong, was it the, the frontal parietal cortex? The,
1: the frontal um, parietal cortex, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, statistically speaking, uh, there's obviously there's many other people experiencing the unwanted stare of someone or something else, um, and they're doing so because that's what their brain is supposed to do. So. Yeah, yeah you've got
1: to look out for that tiger in the woods
0: exactly yeah so what's great on this is that you know there's that we can explain this phenomena but at the same time it's like your your brain is supposed to be looking out for things so you know what you may be experiencing again as we've looked there might not be there you might there might be medical issues which are making you perhaps more hypersensitive in that area but at the same time there might be something there and your brain is doing what it's supposed to do and picking up on it and i, I love the fact that on that everything's open to reason um it's great so yeah so point one uh, we will try to get through these a bit more efficiently than we did last week sorry for the massively long episode last week I had a few comments from yourself but you was all good and very very kind um so uh, yeah reason uh point one is uh, the feeling of being watched when alone um number two um and uh, th- this might happen with yourself, Dan. I know that you like spicy food. Um, is a feeling a feeling a sudden and inexplicable change in temperature, or a sudden static electrical charge in the air?
1: I don't think that would be inexplicable. <laughs> if the implication is that it, it's um, due to changes that are from bodily functions, then that's not inexplicable whatsoever. <laughs>
0: I suppose, yeah. But you do have a spicy diet, Dan. Yeah, I can't well, yeah, you've got pepper,
1: to. But Yeah, yeah. You've got to try it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what, what's your thoughts on that, Dan? Not the food, the well, inexplicable change in temperature.
1: Again, the very short answer to this is that there's potentially, uh, you know, creaky floorboards, air pressure changes, humidity changes, Different things in the home could cause your home to sound like something's happening in another room when actually it's yeah. uh, it, when it, it's the way the houses are, especially if they're old. And you could also be looking at condensation and electric connections between, you know, that cause fl- lights to flicker, etc. Yeah, You know, passing yeah. cars in the window. Those could yeah. all explain it from a scientific or a rational point of view.
0: Yeah, I think we like to think that we live in these perfectly sound houses, you know, and um, and actually there's usually a lot going on. Um, um, uh, I had a leaflet through my door, uh, from my front door this week from the government, saying that I can apply for an eco-house grant or something, and basically it's a voucher to get some free home insulation in the loft or for some thicker windows. Uh, Do you reckon that'll stop the the ghosts, Dan?
1: (laughs) It, It might stop the ghosts. It may also mean that you can
0: make sure your house is warmer
1: and i don't actually know if your house needs to be any warmer to be honest i, no, I, like I, think, inferno, I, I think you could do some sort of reversal thing and say to them <laughs> Look, actually if you could take more out of my loft that'd be great
0: it would be nice for those listening uh, my house gets ridiculously hot i'm forever it's opening really up the windows trying to uh, try and cool it down um but that, that's an interesting point because obviously this time of the year uh, you might start thinking about putting your central heating on um you might have had it on already for a while but um uh, we like to keep it cool um so uh, you, you and it's worth noting that you get a lot of tapping in the pipes uh, this time of year very 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 common just where the air is moving through them but that's there not you. to say that um you know that the what you're feeling isn't um some kind of uh you know some kind of ghost element um so getting back on point the, the phenomena Sort of experiencing a drop in temperature actually has a uh, actually has a proper name uh, in terms of um, psychical research. Oh. Uh, it's more commonly known as a cold spot. And generally speaking, and um, perhaps controversially in the paranormal investigation world. Um, I personally don't find this a reliable method of paranormal indication, simply because there's so many factors to explain uh, cold areas, which are, which are usually a combination of the factors you mentioned, Dan, and also things like human heat convection, which is basically when you stand, say for example, you're standing near a drafty window, for example, um, your body actually will radiate heat towards that cold area to compensate for the cold area, cold air in that area, um, and the sensation. Feels like a cold spot, but not necessarily on the skin. So you'll be standing near the radiator. You'll feel, you know, you'll feel warm, um, but the 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 heat's actually leaving you. And it's, uh, it's a very odd phenomena. It looks great on graphs, but it's hard to explain in person. But there's there's usually a good reason for it. However, obviously, we're talking about inexplicable temperature changes. So, for example, massive sudden drops in temperature, but there's no good reason for it. And these drops, which I've experienced in a couple of locations before, not often, um, they, they usually result in things like being able to actually see your breath, you know, so really, really suddenly and noticeable. Um, and these drops affect everyone in the room and not just one person experiencing some sort of psychic phenomena. Uh, cold spots are notorious for, say, like one person walking in a, in a room saying, oh, I can feel, a, you might see that some of the TV programs and, you know, someone going, to go, I can feel a cold spot in this room and perhaps it's where Doris died all these years ago and everyone else is just standing there going off of what they've said so it's not to say that that doesn't happen and i don't know about you dan but i don't know who doris is she may or may not have existed but um we're talking about real um uh sort of indisputable kind of like you know there's no reason for this going on Uh, that's really um that's that second point so feeling a sudden and inexplicable change in temperature Dan, are you ready to move on to point three
1: I am. I'm very ready. I'm always now, ready. I, I think I say I that quite a lot. I should.
0: I think you do. Yeah, but I need to change yeah, something it's else. It's good to know you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this takes me back a bit. Um, i not that I necessarily watched this program loads when I was a kid, but it was on TV. Uh, have you heard of a uh, kids' program called The Borrowers?
1: I have heard of the Borrowers. They were yes. really small little people that
0: borrowed. Yeah, they those. were. Uh, they and so that it, this might be entirely down to them and no. Uh, paranormal phenomena whatsoever but uh, number three is household objects mysteriously disappearing and then reappearing in different places
1: yeah yeah that's it's a good one any good borrower would not be seen and therefore we would only be able to blame it on something else like a ghost or a spirit or a poltergeist or something else. Yeah. So I think you're right. I, I hadn't added borrowers to my list of reasons why that might have gone missing, but <laughs> I'm going to have to put it on the list now.
0: Yeah. And you know, I think when we was discussing this, um, obviously uh, um, there, there's lots of different... Uh, perfectly normal reason especially in today's day and age why this could happen you might live in a, in a house of multiple occupancy um uh, you might. You know like people could be taking stuff um what what about your, your other half Dan? does she ever move anything around
1: oh yeah only just today it was i I like to have things in a certain place and then you think well that seems like a reasonable place to put that you know, mm-hmm. and then someone else comes along, puts it, moves it around. I have a habit of moving things, thinking at the time I'm definitely going to remember that I put it in there. And when she asks, "Where is this?" I'll say, "Oh yeah, it's in there." But the thing mm-hmm. is, I forget everything, <laughs> and and so I, I she'll say, "Oh, did you move this thing?" And I'll say, "Nope, not at all. Had I, no, I, she definitely didn't move that." Which is both pride in having not moved it and also because i forgot <laughs> so <laughs> yes. that's that's the problem really and i think yeah. we sort of all have that i don't know where we're all going about our day thinking about other things we've got 10 million things on our mind whether it's uh, that we're about to become dr steve or whether it's <laughs> You know, we're waiting for something to come through the post, something mundane things just fill your mind. And, and that's why I think we uh, we sometimes think that things mysteriously disappear and then reappear. But actually, we've moved it thinking at the time, oh, I'll yeah. remember that I put it there. So I,
0: I I've got some advice for you from I mean, I didn't ask this person. This was an, an old tweet, but there's a, a doctor on Twitter and. Yeah. Um, their their advice seems to work for the paranormal and I guess it would work. It might work in your situation. I'll read what it said. So a a doctor on Twitter stated that um, and and she she was talking about um, certain paranormal experiences and she's put things would go missing. And then days, weeks, or even months later, when you'd given up looking, they would reappear in obvious places that you'd already checked. Like in the middle of the carpet, I lived alone. If it was something you really needed, you could ask loudly for it back and it would be returned. Right. What <laughs> does that mean? Well, th- yeah, I mean, it's it's. there's a lot of I've, I think I've got more questions than what she's answered there. Uh, obviously, birth- she says she lives alone. Um, But, you know, they would appear in places like the middle of the carpet. But what I really find intriguing is that she says if it was something you really needed, you could ask loudly for it back and it would be returned. Yes. Do you again?
1: Is she? (laughs) Is this like a a fake account? Is this person living with borrowers? (laughs) When she asks loudly, does she close her eyes for a moment, shout, I'm not peeking and then have loads of borrowers bring it back in again? or when she says she lives alone does she mean except for the cats (laughs) and actually she's got an army of felines ready to bring back there's so many questions so many questions that have taken on so many tangents
0: can i give you a little story about my my own personal experience um yeah you can right so with this particular phenomena again you know we we hear about things moving and disappearing or appearing and stuff. Um, and the, in, in my house, there's a lot of us. So that could easily happen. But with this particular phenomena, I've experienced this myself on a, a couple of co- occasions where it's been, it has been a bit unnerving. So most memorably uh, was when I had been, i have been living in my, in my current house where I'm now uh, for around six months. And when we moved in, we'd put lots of boxes into the loft or attic depending you know what word you use Uh, embarrassingly some 10 years later most of them are still there Um, but they mostly had like say small ornaments or pictures and house decorations in them Um, nothing really of value just sort of like little trinkets and things that we we had up in our old house Um, we changed the style and decor and as such we wouldn't necessarily want them out sort of now obviously back then um, so some of the items held, um, they held a lot of history and personal value, which is why we didn't get rid of them, um, such as a crucifix, which I still have. And the reason why that this particular one uh, was, uh, uh, you know, uh, important to me is because it was made out of olive wood and the wood that we've been told that the wood that was most likely used for the real cru- crucifixion of, uh, of Christ uh, was most likely where it was would have been made out of olive wood so there's you know there's some kind of connection there and you just think well you know that's that's important to me but anyway they they remain sealed in boxes and out of the reach of everyone they're obviously up in in the loft um we've only got you know we had young children in the house at the time um, and there isn't a fixed ladder to get into my loft. Um, I'm, the, I'm not the tallest of people, but I'm the only one who's actually tall enough to easily get up there. Uh, and one evening, the other half and I were watching some TV in our front room. And we heard a loud bang come from the utility room, which is it's just outside our front room, uh, to the side near the kitchen. Uh, we went out there to investigate because this was a loud bang. And there in the middle of the floor was the Olivewood Crucifix. Um, suffice to say, we were obviously a, a bit freaked out. Uh, we put the cross up on the work counter, uh, a bit baffled, didn't kind of want to talk about it. Uh, but over the next week, the same thing happened at least twice. The, we, the crucifix was now on the floor, but obviously the main thing was how it got there in the first place was freaky, but you, you can't put it, it back. Yeah, well, no, no we're well, sorry. We didn't have a whole box for them. We and just put the cru- crucifixes. We, yeah, well, yeah we, have, we do have a few, but this one's very, very distinct. and. Yeah. It was just we would put it on the side, but it was it was like someone was, uh, I don't know, like slamming down uh, uh, heavy books or something. It was that kind of sound. Um, and yet it was this this wooden crucifix each time. So right. um, it, it would be again the same thing would happen at least twice. A bang followed by finding the cross on the floor. Um, I kept the crucifix, um, but I returned it to the loft. Um, and keeping the creepiness going when i got into the loft all the boxes at the back of the loft were still sealed with the original seals put on them from when we'd moved um others uh, others who have had this kind of problem with sort of unseen entities have had success in confronting them about it apparently um confronting we, the, we, the,
1: wait wait confronting the entities
0: yes as so like if, if something's moving like you know it if something was moving this crucifix, which it wasn't us and no one else could have possibly got it. Right. Um, some people have, who've experienced this are, um, you know, having a chat with a couple of people online, they, they seem to have had success uh, with confronting whatever it is, might be moving. How um, would you so- go about?
1: I don't want to go off topic or on topic too much, but how would you go about hmm. confronting them? Would you be like two knocks um, I- for yes, I'm boogering <laughs> about one knock for no, sorry, I was just clumsy.
0: What, what's I'm, that? I'm glad you asked because um when when something uh, i've uh, i've not had to do this myself and at the time i didn't do it with with the uh, crucifix other, oh, other things were happening but um yeah we put it in the loft and um, kind of tried to forget about it at the time right. uh, but the advice i'd seen uh, people giving other people online was uh when something disappears talk aloud to the entity um, wherever it may be, so yeah, obviously, like you shouldn't at house saying something like "Whoever you are, I do not appreciate that you take my things, even if you do return uh, return them." Sometimes, this is my house. Do not cause disturbances, frighten me or my family, or take my possessions. Do not take them anymore. I'm quoting someone there. What yeah, they, they said, Sounded like- and they've said. Be- be very firm in speaking with them, as if you are taking, uh, as if you are talking to a child whose behaviours you want to change.
2: Okay. Um,
0: you may need to re- repeat the admonition a few times before it has its de- desired effect. Um, the admonition of the apparition. Yes, the admonition of the apparition. Okay. Um, having an affiliation with your property. Yeah. Yeah. Without well, just got sterile, didn't it?
1: The admonition <laughs> of the admir- The admiration of no. the apparition who was on a mission. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the one. Um, if the activity escalates, though, into something else, other kinds of disturbances, uh, that's the time to call in a reputable paranormal investigator or contact British haunting. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shall we move on?
1: Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, number four, uh, hearing unexplained whispers, footsteps, thuds, or someone calling your name.
1: As before, really. Humidity changes, condensation, electrics. Uh, people calling your name, I guess. Maybe we're all a bit egotistical, or it's just something. I don't know. How would you explain it?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, the like you say, there, there are um, there are lots of explanations. Um, I think on this one, I, I want to make a point about the uh, well, it's a couple of things, but uh, like the footsteps uh, aspect um, again. I, I can hear thuds in my house sometimes, but I know that in my like my hallway landing upstairs, there's um, I know that there's um, heating pipes that go underneath the, the floor. And when we first uh, moved in, you could hear like a do 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 kind of sound, and it it didn't sound like anything else, any of the other plumbing in the house. And it was actually a pipe underneath the uh, underneath the floorboards which nicely keeps the floor warm outside our front uh, outside our bedroom door so if i walk to the toilet at night it's a uh, it's uh, it's like underfloor heating that's um, nice. all but, adds to the
1: overall effect of it being excessively hot though doesn't
0: it it does yeah um, it, it doesn't help <laughs> um, yeah sorry but it's that um it's that footsteps element um, hearing hearing footsteps. Now, footsteps uh, are usually quite distinct from sort of like pipes knocking and things like that. Um, so what I did is to, uh, apart from actually weirdly insulate that pipe to actually keep the heat down from escaping from it, um, it also helped to avoid some of the knocking. Um, now, if you hear footsteps, a lot of us, this phenomena, funny enough, has dropped a lot in recent years where people have carpets through well i say recent years but over the last 30 to 40 years it dropped somewhat because people had carpets in their like their landings and stairs um there's been a bit of a trend in the really in the last couple of years to strip all that back and have like you know nice hard wooden flooring everywhere and funny enough people are starting to report this phenomena again a bit more um so they might have had something in their house and quite disconcertingly uh, they've suddenly uh, are aware of a presence they might not have had before um it's worth if you can get someone else in your house to walk, you know, where you think you're hearing the footsteps and whilst you stay in the room where you've heard them from, just to see if it's very similar. Try on different shoes if you like, maybe some high heels, I don't know. Uh whatever takes your fancy. Um what would take your fancy, Dan, if you was carrying out this experiment? What would
1: I oh um uh some six inch Milano Blonics. That would be nice. <laughs> You know, some white, some real nice white ones that's slightly off white, maybe eggshell. I'm not. Uh, I feel depends what I'm wearing about this, you? Well, I'm just wondering what I'm wearing in this scenario. Also, um, going back, this sort yeah. of reflects also on the crucifix falling on the floor, and then when you move it, it still falls on the floor. These yeah. spirits, these apparitions, these poltergeists, whatever you want to call them, is it common that they are really into feng shui? Because this is what I'm getting. I'm getting these really, <laughs> you know, very much. They're all like, "Oh, that sofa doesn't go there." Um, when I was when this was my house, they would say, <laughs> "I would definitely wouldn't have that cupboard up against that socket." Um, so, yeah, you know, that that carpet doesn't really go. I, I mean, you said about the carpet and and people wanting bare floors. It seems like these apparitions are really keen on having carpets and upholstery.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you know yeah, anything it, about perhaps. that?
0: Um, I with with ghosts and upholstery, I think that's a very unique uh, and niche topic. <laughs> to be fair. I, I need to contact um, Eric
2: Ocora wherever he is.
0: Yeah, there, there is. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I can imagine though. Like, obviously, just sort of theorising that there, you know, there is some. Dis, imagine if, like, you know, if you were a ghost, um, and we're talking about a, a normal human spirit here, disembodied spirit. And, you know, you, you still, to some degree, have some sort of, you know, idea that you're alive. There's some confusion there. And then there's people in where you live who can't get to, you know, like you can't interact with them in any way. And they're moving your stuff around. It must be, it, you know, going on that theory, it, it would be slightly odd, wouldn't it?
1: It would be odd. It would be, especially if you couldn't... Uh, I, I I, uh, last week stopped watching, you know, I'd finished season two of ghosts and in that those ghosts yeah. can't touch anything. So, um, except for one, Simon Farnaby ghosts. So yeah. anyway, um, we're we're suggesting in this scenario that ghosts can touch stuff and not only that, they can move it with precision and say, no, I want it there. Yeah. So Yeah.
0: It's, um, it is, it is, uh, like I say it is disconcerting on that. Um, having someone call your name though the whispers you can kind of understand um i'd be very very um i'd be very skeptical for yourself if you wake up in the night and you think you've just heard someone call your name because it's i mean we'll touch into this very soon but it there can be that sleep element can't there so yeah um I guess though, if you are sitting in your front room, um, you know, you're perhaps reading a book, there's nothing on, sort of, you know, electronic wise, and you think you hear someone call your name, then that's when you, you know, you probably want to pay a bit more attention. But um, you may want yeah, to. it's definitely. want to. Yeah, um, right. Let's move on to number five, Dan, um, which is. Uh, crikey! Have you just got flatulence? Your microphone seems to be making a bit of noise. Is it? Yeah, it's weird. It's like you've... Oh, it stopped. It, did you do anything to it?
1: I didn't. Apologies there.
0: No. <laughs> so for the last 10 seconds, if it sounded like we suddenly turned on a Geiger meter and we're checking for radiation, we weren't. Um, just there was some kind of odd feedback coming from Danzen. Moving on, um, seeing shadows or movements out of the corner of your eye. Bit of a vague one, I know, but that can... And, and we're not on about one like, the one case. Yeah.
1: So uh what could be what what could be the what I've forgotten how to speak.
2: Uh, Seeing, that's not helpful on a podcast. It
1: really isn't. Seeing shadows over movements, how would you explain that one? What's the what's the uh the ghostly explanation here?
0: Um it's it's a difficult one, but I'll um I'll mo- I'll 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 try my best because um you know obviously when when we're tired and we're i'm talking about for example at night and stuff so uh, it, at night when we're tired we need to be aware that because of the nature of being tired and the construction of our eyes um that we we basically need to apply extra scrutiny to our own claims of thinking uh that we've seen a spook or spectre as i mentioned but um there, there still remains an argument for the uh, for the trickster nature of some spirits um mm. so if you go back to I think it was episode two when I spoke about ghosts and demons, and yeah. I mentioned about um, the trickster element um, because there's there's always been this kind of uh, associated naughty element, if you want to put it like that, with a, a large number of ghosts for for whatever reason, and that that's a whole topic on its own. But um, the the argument for the trickster nature of some spirits, particularly hostile spirits uh, that want to scare us, um, it only takes the watching of one or two sort of paranormal. Uh, type horror movies to realise that sometimes the less we see, the more we fear. Um, If something's trying to scare us or bother us, it makes logical sense that they would remain mostly hidden for the majority of the time, uh, in in my opinion. So, you know, sometimes that, you you know, when you're watching a scary film and there's something like, I know, like uh, pursuing someone and then eventually you see it, you know, you see the beast or the demon or or the spirit or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and you know you see it for all its ghoulishness you know in this day and age especially you know we've become really desensitized it's usually at that moment for most people you know when they're watching that film that the fear suddenly goes because it's almost like you can then put an explanation behind what you're seeing or what's going on and yeah it might be some horrible horrendous creature or something and it doesn't mean that that's not scary but it's like your brain can learn to then deal with that if that makes sense so i you know and if you if you've been dead for quite some time and uh, like you mentioned the ghosts from the bbc comedy series ghosts you know they've had a lot of time to think about things so it's not that they don't they you know especially if they've been human they know how humans work um and you know what if you was trying to for whatever bizarre reason actually try and scare someone then I think the the slightly, you uh, know, the moving of slight small objects or, you know, just being in the corner of the eye or like, you know, did I see something move in the mirror behind me there? That can be a lot more terrifying than actually seeing that thing in the mirror.
1: Um, Definitely. We give a lot of power to things we can't explain. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it, Again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, on an evolutionary basis that, the, the the bodies that we're in you know we've taken a lot of period, time to over the millions of years to build up from being wherever we were in the savannas or whatever you want to say and um, very much the bodies are very similar to what they were we haven't changed a lot we might have become more intelligent we may have incrementally got technology and then amassed the ability to be a lot more superior but but on on balance we're not necessarily that different so we're still yeah. using the same machinery for a modern world
0: yeah yeah
1: and, yeah. Uh, and that, um... that is it is faulty it's a broken machine really as good as it is it is still quite uh, faulty and we don't get to reboot it very often
0: yeah i i on on that on that note and i and i completely agree um and the, there is so much we we have so much stimulation in our brains nowadays you know there, there's so much going on trying to get our attention you know throughout the day like constant notifications little lights flashing here and there um that uh, for many of us we've you know we've become um overtly sensitized to the things like that, but at the same time sort of desensitized to perhaps our feelings on that. So um it, this this one perhaps more than the others we've mentioned so far, I it, although it can be really disconcerting, um I, I'd really try to, you know, go through a process of elimination of what those things could be and try if you can to sort of, you know, really get sort of more in touch with your your sort of your natural kind of feelings, your natural sort of judgments on on those things. Um because there can be a lot trying to, uh, you know, distract you. And if you're feeling that sense of dread with it, it might be worth paying attention to. If it's just something that makes you jump, then it's probably not anything worth worrying about. Um, um, Just just moving on to point number six, Dan, uh, which could be uh, frequent electrical problems, such as lights inexplicably turning on or off, uh, or appliances not working or acting up. Um, Now, I know you could say that this could be because you've got, shit appliances
2: yeah
0: um but just to sort of obviously knock out the obvious first of all th- this isn't a case of like you know i've got a couple of lights in my house that every now and then flicker but it's usually in the same room it's you know and it a month later that bulb's usually gone um i know that i've got some dodgy electrics in my house because uh, my light bulbs downstairs don't last anywhere near as long as they do upstairs even though we have the ones on upstairs more so
2: yeah
0: um, what's your thoughts on that dan
1: yeah i I think uh, i'm i think maybe i'm lucky because we are we have lots of electrical appliances that run quite frequently and they don't usually have issues Mm -hmm. now and again our internet internet's slightly dodgy but i think that's the same with everybody but i i'm doing this podcast and uh you know I'm enjoying it listen to what we have to talk about but I obviously am much further on the skeptical end of everything uh, mm. or you know there's a possibility that I just haven't been in the situation where anywhere I've lived is haunted or met a ghost or
2: anything yeah. like that so yeah.
1: um, I can't contribute that much on this one this is something where I haven't experienced it at all have you
0: yeah um i've i have a a couple of times this is a, but this was going back a long 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 time ago so um uh in my it wasn't my first place i was living with my mummy. i think it was our second second place it was a a block of flats funny enough this is uh, it, it will be mentioned at some point within uh, a book that uh hoping to hoping to bring out um probably middle of next year if it, if okay. i can actually get to writing and uh, yeah. um and it'll be using the british haunting title um right. so it's uh, uh and it uh, covers a, a few different experiences and a few experiences of uh, experiences of others within the town uh, that i've grown up in um but one of the things i had was with lights um again inexplicably turning on and off and the reason why i know that this particular phenomena when i experienced it um, was something more untoward? It was not just because the lights turned on and off all of a sudden, because you can get that in an electrical storm. Um, so we're not just on about that, you know, all the time. I, I saw the light switch go on and off. So we had the old, yes. they're, um, they're called rocker switches. Uh, for yeah. if you, if you're, uh, if I, I, obviously you might be listening to this. In, I know we've got a couple of American listeners, so thank you um, for over the pond there listening to us. Um, so i don't know the terms that you guys might have but essentially a rocker switch is rather than the normal kind of like um i, I don't know how to describe it because your normal sort of flat um light switch these have more like a switch uh, like one that sticks out almost like a little uh,
1: um like a lever like
0: a, yeah like a lever thank you dan <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm running out of uh, examples there so yeah and, and I I could see that it was an old one um, and I could see this from the other side of the room going up and down along with the light going on and off. And it happened for about a minute. um, And uh, and I was, I was probably, yeah, I was, I think I was about eight years old at the time. Um, And after I was obviously quite uh, scared by it. Um, um, I was looking at the light and didn't think anything of it at first. Then when I went over to turn the light off, on this instance because it came back on and it seemed to get brighter oddly the light then turned itself off and like that actually the actual switch and and i i sort of froze on the spot and that was my experience of a light inexplicably turning on and off right yeah yeah very so, yeah, so that, that so there is there can be a difference but it doesn't mean that just because you know if you're experiencing something like that and it's but the, there isn't the switch going um you know it doesn't mean that you're not experiencing something but um, again, as we've mentioned, you know, we've got modern technology um, can notoriously and go mental. wrong. So, yeah. Um, Dan, number seven. Yeah. yeah. Thing, feeling of being touched by unseen hands. Now, I'm not right. referring to when we've spooned.
1: No. Um, no. Well, because well, I'm usually wearing the blindfold um, and <laughs> um, facing the door, as
0: you like. <laughs> well, there, you know, there, there is that sort of. I, I like that escape path. You know, I like to know that we are both looking at the exit at the same time. Well,
1: absolutely. Well, yes. Yeah. The main door exit, there anyway.
0: Yeah. So yeah. A ra- rather unsettling one, this yeah. one, um, um, a feeling of being touched by unseen hands. Now this, this can, uh, this can obviously happen or manifest in a- many different forms. Um, and none of them would be uh, pleasant some people have said about you know waking up feeling like a, a choking experience um at night um That's which yes yes yeah, yeah. so it's 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 uh, more common than people realize uh, you know phenomena but um can usually be quite easily explained um although there are accounts of people um you know actually experiencing you know hands on them um which is uh, you know, it's got to be quite terrifying.
1: It might be. It might be terrifying. I guess it could be, <clears throat> like before, explained by faulty brain signals, proprioception. We've all had that issue where we thought our phone was in our pocket and it vibrates, and then you look at your uh, yeah. where you keep your pocket. Keep your pocket? You always keep your pockets <laughs> in the same place. Um, keep your phone in your pocket, and actually your phone's not there. So we've all had yeah. that false feeling, haven't we? Um, or yes. if you've been wearing, I mean, some of them are very mundane. If you've been wearing a hat and then you're not wearing a hat, but you can still feel the hat, you know, bodies are strange things. Or if you had a watch on um, uh, for a bit and then you don't feel the watch, all of those similar sort of feelings. Is it yeah. similar to that, do you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I, th- I think so. Um, again, I, I th- probably tie it into that last point that we made about the uh, electrical issue that... Um, for the most part, you know, your you human, the human body is, um, is like you say, it's, it can be faulty and it can c- recreate mm-hmm. lots of symptoms um, when they're not there or sensations, I should say, um, and that really, if if it is perhaps a haunting in that respect, that you it, you're gonna there's gonna feel something different on it. Um, you know, there is a there we do know when there's you know someone's got their hands on you, um, and yeah so yeah I, I think on that one you have to it's a real um it's a real subjective um test you know re- really search yourself and you know try to explore the other options first of all um dan moving on swiftly to number 8 um, unusual smells as an unexplained uh, as unexplained perfume scents flowers cigars cigarettes food or even the stench of death and decay
1: <laughs> this one doesn't sound good i I I sort of wanted, as I said, wanted to have a look through, see if I could find things that would explain these ones. This one is a bit different, and I don't think I, I mean, there may be an experiment somewhere out there where a double blind scenario.
2: Yeah.
1: But I couldn't find it, and I didn't, you know, I didn't find it. So can you explain this one to me?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, if, if certainly if you've got the unexplained perfume or you know some kind of eau de toilette going on, it could be that your spouse no. is actually having an affair. Um, either that I or guess. you have got, yeah, okay, either that, or There's a in. <laughs> um, it's either that or you've got a powerful spirit lodging in your house. Um, oh, what I would say, it's it's one. one or the other, it <laughs> yeah. is one or the other. Either your spouse is having an affair, or there's a powerful spirit. There's no other um, logical explanation. Between, that's it.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I, I won't go into this one too much. I'll just leave it as it is. The unusual smells. Um, and I don't. And these are unusual, as in they shouldn't be there. The perfume you've never smelt it before, and no one sprayed anything. Um, cigars and cigarettes is a common one, and that's uh, weirdly. Um, that one has usually been where people have either before or after experienced poltergeist activity so that's an odd one. Uh, I imagine if you could smell stench, the stench of death and decay. Uh, just a practical note, do what I did and move your sofa. I found three mice that my cat had killed and they'd been hidden under there for about three months and it was disgusting. So do have a, an inspection around your house, but it's, uh, it's a difficult one. Uh, all I would say is on that, if you've got this phenomena going on, um, get in contact with someone like ourselves i okay. um, think if
1: you invite father jeremy round to um, complete the exorcism he will also move your sofa and find your dead rats
0: <laughs> yeah or just do that when you're not looking won't <laughs> <he>? <laughs> i have
1: committed com- i uh, have completed the exorcism also <laughs> i found these yeah, <laughs> yeah. dan we're we're yeah.
0: we're, we're flying through we're nearly at time of spirit of the week which i'm really yeah. looking forward to oh, yeah, I, and yeah. i know you are as well um couple of oh, days out, yeah, first of all, before moving yeah. on to that um uh, i've got a little cracker for you this week it's quite scary and i know you've got something awesome planned for us this week oh, i've, got something. I've got something uh right um number nine dan a feeling of grief or sadness yes. in specific rooms or specific areas of the house
1: Now this one's interesting. This one is interesting.
0: Tell me about this
1: perspective of haunting, and uh, and I'll tell you about science. Um,
0: Well, I mean, for me, I've not I've not experienced this phenomena. Um, I've I've uh, encountered people that have. Um, um, Okay. I say, I mean, it wasn't a feeling for myself when I've had something similar. It wasn't a feeling of um, of sadness. But it was uh, it was a, certainly a feeling of unsettlement, um, like something wasn't quite right. I have a little story about that, and I'll, I'll go into that in a minute because um, I'm, I'm quite interested in, hmm. in, the, in the science element on this. To be fair, um, yeah, science.
1: Well, what, I, what I've found. So I don't know about you, but I've I've known about. Uh, Professor Richard Wiseman for a while. He's a psychologist, as far as I'm aware, who does experiments. He's been on the uh, the BBC science show, Infinite Monkey Cage okay, before. Yeah. I've read a bit of one of his books. He's interesting. And I found that him, him <laughs> he and someone who uh, I've written down as a doctor lord, which I really like. <laughs> I think that's good. Um, they completed an experiment in 2003 where they used an extreme bass sound known as infrasound uh, yes, yes. and um when they played this to participants in their study it produced fear anxiety and chills in its participants um we essentially, I think they played it at a London concert hall with it intermittently between different pieces of music. Now, infrasound can be played at a level where you can't hear it, but the the feeling it it produces can can be felt by the people. The 22% of the people that uh, engaged in this study said that they felt unusual experiences when it was present and the music was played, they got chills down their spines, feeling of nervousness, revulsion, or even mm-hmm. fear. We, we might be familiar with it as well because in, in places like Guantanamo Bay, music is used on a repeated mm-hmm. basis. So I think Metallica was one of the yeah. famous ones. And um, infrasound and, and sub-level music has been uh, used in these torch techniques. So it's, it's not new to experience that. But what I didn't know was that it could be that natural sources of infrasound include wind, air conditioning, traffic, things where sub-level sounds can be heard in particular places. So it could be a coincidence that you're in a room that feels pretty spooky. You may be experiencing some of the things we've yeah. already said and also this at the same time and then in the future you might not feel the infrasound but you might remember what happened before and that induces this feeling of anxiety and worry in sure. that
0: situation yeah. so quite interesting yeah, yeah it's, um, i've i've read i've read a little bit on on it before um but i was actually uh, i think at the time i was looking up um something called uh, black noise which is um different to oh. Uh, white noise, which obviously can again, you know, that they can use certain music and uh, and different tones. We're probably all aware of what white noise is. It's used as a form of torture. Uh, and weirdly, black noise is the absence of sound, and it's um it's a strange phenomena that you can uh, they quite often people getting in helicopters experience and it's that and it's actually the absence of the sound the sound leaving like an air vacuum um you can re- recreate it yourself actually if you're driving down say like a long straight road in your car um and if you turn if you just you keep all the windows up except say the driver's window um or if you're in the passenger seat oh, yeah and that. you know when you turn d- put the window right down and you're going usually you have to get to the right speed usually about 60 miles an hour or something like that i know it's um, mm-hmm. I'm going by personal experience, sort of driving down certain roads. Sometimes, funny enough, coming to see yourself, um, and and it's it's a horrible sensation. Is not it? it actually hurts? It's um, uh, and that's called that's called. Absolutely, oh,
1: you have to crack open another window to, that's to yeah yeah to, the yeah to
0: balance out the pressure. Um, so that, that's an interesting sensation. Oh. But on your point with infrasound, um, personally, I've never felt sad when experiencing extreme bass. <laughs> um, Uh, whilst i'm not disputing those other factors obviously um that might recreate infrasound wind air conditioning um traffic etc you know those uh the elements you mentioned i I personally i I love the sound of wind so and air conditioning usually makes me feel comfortable um and if the sound of traffic causes it crikey every commuter should be uh in theory sobbing their eyes out each day perhaps they are i don't know uh (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's uh part of well, road rage. We just it, never yeah. here.
2: ghosts are making and people there's,
1: there's actually infrasound sound and everyone's really extremely <laughs> fucked off because it's <laughs> really
0: sad We've and annoyed. Just, we... We've just discovered why why people attack each other in cars. Crikey. And to think it was because people in vans were cutting people up. Well, there we go. No, it wasn't that. It was never that. People had loved them. (laughs) Uh, But no, I think it's reasonable to think that someone could have a connection with a room if they have a memory of a past loved one in that room. Uh, I'd definitely be interested to hear from anyone experiencing grief or sadness, say in one particular room or spot in the home that they're not emotionally connected to. Uh, it's, It's really, really intriguing. Um, something i you know i'd like to know about i, I did mention I, I wasn't planning on talking about it but i will just say quickly the the phenomena that i experienced like i said i didn't feel grief or sadness but i felt uh, i certainly felt uncomfortable uh was when i was in the house before this one and i spent the first 10 days decorating it before like i moved my family in so i was in there each day and each night on my own for the first 10 days and i was cleaning out one particular room which would end up being our bedroom and I, I, the last thing I did was move the carpet out, like rip the old carpet out, because I, I figured, where well, I was painting the walls and stuff. It would protect the floor underneath, leaving that carpet. I was planning on getting rid of it. So did that, rolled up the carpet. And every time I was in that room in a particular area in that room, um, I, I felt I don't know. I felt really, really uneasy. And I. I wasn't pulling it down to any kind of phenomena, but I did start taking notice after about three days of being in every time I'd go into that room and I'd walk across the same, uh, same part. When I rolled up the carpet to get rid of it and take it down the, uh, down the tip, um, there was a black, or all I can describe is it's like a a black mark that was ingrained into the, the floorboards. Um, And it was, it was basically, it was the shape of a person in a fetal position. Um, now, we're not going into too many details, but I used to be in a profession a few years ago where uh, it would involve sometimes going into people's houses um, um, and occasionally you would find um, dead people. And so I, I was familiar with the... Um, the effect shall we say of when you've encountered someone who's been there for quite some time and doing a little investigation with the neighbors, uh, found out that the old lady who we knew had died in the house, uh, turned out she died in that room. That was her bedroom. She got out of bed um, and then died on the floor and they found her about two or three weeks afterwards, something along those lines. She just started decomposing. So yeah, that's that's nice. (laughs) But there we go. So oh, it might be right. something paranormal, it might be just some kind of human psyche thing that we don't quite understand. Um, but yeah. uh, right quickly, these I've actually got three other little points, and then we're going to get on to spirit of the week. Um, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. number 10 pets that show behavior changes growl or bark and stare at what seems to be nothing, they might be being fearful, or overprotective, and hiding.
2: Mm-hmm
0: so that that's a that's a common one i don't think that really needs much explanation people know their pets if if you yeah, if yeah. your dog or cat or whatever whatever has been uh, you know uh, acting differently out of out of turn and it's not you know for any obvious reason uh, barking is something that perhaps isn't there maybe there's something is there uh, number 11 um children may talk to unseen people uh, or begin spending time away in rooms they don't normally spend time in and that that will be accompanied with behavior or sleep pattern changes um now obviously though that's a that can be explained quite readily and lots of children have um you know imaginary friends that kind of thing Uh, i think the important one on that um because again it's another subject we could massively unpack i think the important one on that is to not be so dismissive over what the child says they're experiencing
2: um
0: to you know, spend yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, what do you think then? Like, to so spend some time, like chatting with them, and actually trying to get to the bottom of it.
1: I think it's helpful. I think any scenario where you need to help your child through some experience, whether you need to find out mm. something or whether it's just for comfort, yeah, is a good plan. Yeah,
0: we'll leave that one as it is. And so we'll move on to the uh, the final point. I will give you a, a quick summary in a second of all of those points, but uh, point twelve um and this is the one that um is is quite common and is quite freaky for a number of reasons and it's waking up unexpectedly between 3 a.m and 4 a.m and sensing dread fear or feeling like you're being watched dan what do you make of that
2: yeah
1: exactly yeah especially if you're on a night shift and you're not really meant to be asleep um because uh I mean just it's just occurred to me that this actually has happened to me before um when I was working oh, actually, <laughs> if if it's of any use, just very yeah. quickly, I was working in a um in a shared home for people that had suffered mental illness and um either killed or tried to kill and um uh most of the people obviously all of the people were well and they were moving back into mm-hmm. the community. But anyway, um, it was a habit of us hours when we were doing a night shift because it had been for three or four hours quiet in the house. You'd, you'd just sort of naturally yeah. fall asleep. Yeah. One morning, about three or four in the morning, I was laid on the sofa asleep when I woke up. And one of the people in the house who had um, been Broadmoor for more than 20 years and had just been started the process of release was stood next to the sofa looked down on me and said I could have (laughs) killed you
2: Uh,
1: uh, yes all right so you know I mm -hmm. it's uh bringing back some worries now because obviously that could have been the end of me but I don't know about you but uh, I decided that that was the last time I would try and fall asleep (laughs) in that (laughs) job because uh it was a very real experience. I, th- I,
0: I think you could have quite rightfully, and within you know within your own rights, shit yourself like properly.
1: Well, luckily, I I've, I've, I have the habit now that carries over if until there's even more than ten years later of work, of doubling up on hoogies. So It was all good.
0: <laughs> oh, um, of course, just for the uh, sake of um, the podcast, a- any manufacturer of nappies is acceptable.
2: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Tenor Man, <laughs> um, Pampers, yeah, they're all they're all suitable for any ghost-based activity. Yeah. Really, if you're investigating and yet you're uh, light on um, on uh, ooh, yeah. uh, temerity, <laughs> then <laughs> it might be that you need to double up on some uh, sanitary underwear. It.
0: Dan, is there any science behind behind this?
1: Well. Sleep paralysis is uh, something that a lot of people might have come across. They might, they might, you know, have it as an issue. So it can explain this as a condition. It can come with hallucinations. So when we're talking about hallucinations, we're not implying that that's any sort of uh, mental illness. More that you're seeing something that isn't there, and essentially, um, it can be termed as hypnagogic. Hallucinations. So when you're leaving sleep, your brain hasn't fully left the sleep area, the sleep yeah. arena. Um, people who experience sleep paralysis often report seeing and go- seeing ghosts during their experiences. Mm-hmm. Neuroscientists. Now, these two Indian chaps have got good names: um, Jalal and Ramakandran. Yep have recently proposed, and I say recently, it might be recent to the article that I found, um, neurological theories of why people hallucinate ghosts during sleep paralysis. And their theories emphasize the role, again, back to the brain, of the parietal lobe and mirror neurons in triggering ghostly hallucinations. So it's, you know, we're going back to, um, and it will maybe be the theme of this episode, how the brain is built to see things and to do things, but also because of how it's wired, it sometimes can be a faulty machine doing things that we don't expect it to do. Um, and, and it's a very much a sliding scale yeah. out of interest. You know, people. There are many people in the world who hear voices when voices yeah. are not there, um, and, and, and they see things and they're not there. And they might be further up on the sliding yeah. scale of what the brain naturally does and what it can do when uh, when it's been under stress, trauma, anxiety, sleep deprivation, all of the sure. conditions yeah. um, that we can find these problems. Yeah problems in is
0: there a more ghostly um, explanation well, there? yeah yeah there is but uh, just just on one point you did mention when you you know you said um uh, and i think it's really important especially given the climate we're in at the moment and stuff um to to remind uh listeners that when we obviously mentioned mental health at one point there that uh you know me- mental health problems might make you more susceptible to things like sleep paralysis, but it, you know, and, and no, and the symptoms that can come with that. But if you was experiencing, say, uh, when he's, uh, is, is hypnagogic hallucinations, isn't it? Uh, if you, if you experience a hypnagogic, hypnagogic hallucination, um, Without being too crude, it doesn't mean that you're mental. You know, it doesn't mean that you're you're necessarily you know going to turn yourself into Joan of Arc or imagine yourself someone. It doesn't mean that there's some kind of you know severe problem going on there. Sometimes it can simply be you haven't had enough sleep, and so your brain, you know, is responding to a slight imbalance. It needs that sleep. But um, yeah, but um, and I think sleep paralysis can go some way in explaining certain nighttime-based experiences, uh, including the sleep-induced hallucinations that uh, Jalal and uh, Ramachandran was that. Uh, Yeah, uh, Ramachandran got it out first time that Ramachandran discussed. Um, But it doesn't necessarily explain the specific waking up at three a.m. And the reason why I left this one till last is because this one is uh, both is one both common, uh, a lot of people experience this, um, and potentially sinister. Uh, as we discussed in the Halloween special, uh, go back and listen to it if you haven't already. At certain times of the year, and it turns out indeed at certain times of the night, there's there's a thinning of that spiritual veil. Uh, 3 a.m. is traditionally understood as the witching hour, um, and it's the beginning of the darkest part of the night, um, which obviously in turn comes with being the absence of light. Uh, most paranormal investigators uh, will prefer to work between 12 midnight and 4am for this very reason. Uh, so if you're continually waking at that time, I would suggest whether you're a praying person or, or not to offer a prayer or two uh, out loud, if possible, that can be just under your breath, uh, but inside your head will suffice. Uh, what I would say is, is not to attempt to engage any spirits at that time, whether you're, you know, whether you're not sure whether you're experiencing uh something explainable like the sleep paralysis or whether you think that there might be something untoward there. Um, because what, what we're, you know, obviously understanding here is that if, if there is something there that at that point it's most likely to be say at its, at its strongest. Um, and, uh, it, it, there's a lot of, um, a, a lot of documented evidence from, um, like certain investigators, like when we looked at Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, who experienced a lot mm. of their phenomena at that time for that very reason. So, you know, we uh, we want you to uh, we want you to be safe and well in whatever capacity. Dan, that that was that was Absolutely. twelve. That was essentially twelve signs of whether your house is haunted. I'm going to read them back off again. Obviously okay, like just yes. those as bullet points so people okay. know. So the twelve signs your house is haunted: one, a feeling of being watched when alone. A feeling a, su- feeling a sudden and inexplicable change in temperature or sudden electrical charge in the air. Um, household, number three, household objects mysteriously disappearing and then reappearing in different places. Number four, hearing unexplained whispers, footsteps, thuds, or someone calling your name. Number five, seeing shadows or movements out of the corner of your eye. Number six, frequent electrical problems, such as lights inexplicably turning on or off. Number seven, feeling of being touched by unseen hands. Number eight, Dan's favourite, unusual smells such as unexplained perfume scents, flower, cigars, cigarettes, or even the stench of death. Um, number nine, feeling of grief or sadness in specific rooms or areas of the home. Number ten, pets that show behaviour changes, growl or bark at and stare at what seems to be nothing. Number eleven, um, children in your house talking to unseen people, um, spending time away in rooms they wouldn't normally go in, uh, and behaviour and sleep pattern changes in those children. And finally, number twelve, waking up unexpectedly between three a.m. and four a.m. and sensing dread, fear, or feeling not you're being watched. And so, I think that's quite there a, a quite a, quom- uh, qu- qu- a quite a comprehensive list, there, Dad. It's a comprehensive, list, Dan we've had a we've had a a great blast at that um but i know what the listeners are waiting for it. i know what you're waiting for dan what time is it well
2: it's i think spirit, spirit of, of week. the week hey it's spirit of the
0: week spirit of the Well, have we got a couple of awesome Spirits of the Week for you this week. Um, are you excited, Dan? I haven't been more excited. So this uh, – should, should I start? I think you should. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you went first last week, didn't you? So I'll, I'll go yeah, first. Yeah, I would have put on the mate. Um, with this particular one, what – I mean, this one's got a nice – ghoulish story to it which i like um it's also this is someone who was uh like a real person as Mm. a real person i don't it's not someone necessarily like famous um so it's perhaps relatable in some way maybe i don't know um but the the thing i like about this one is that this one um is there's the i you know me i i like i like uh, for the listeners i like to spend um um a lot of time in the woods so uh, i've got a couple of friends who own woods and sometimes go out there sometimes go to other woods anyway just for a walk it's it's usually places i like um but of course doing this obviously you know i like some haunted things as well so the idea of haunted woods goes back a long long way And so any stories when it comes to, you know, haunted woodland or things like that, um, they they always make my ears prick up and I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm interested. The thing I like about haunted woods is that um, they're generally very accessible. So some of the places we obviously mentioned, I mean, to be fair, most of the places we've mentioned involve like large estates and stuff like that or, you know, castles, and you can visit them, but obviously there's lots of other people there. And the thing I like about this is the one I'm going to mention this week, uh it, it's got an area which is in England which anyone can visit and it's not a high tourist uh spot so you should be able to get some nice peace and quiet and just the sound of a ghost or two. Are you ready, Dan? I'm ready. So my my uh uh my story is uh it's well known for some people and it's Sally in the woods. So there's a there's a section of road in uh, in Somerset is that the right accent? It was a good Somerset. accent. So we go down Somerset. There's a section of a section of road. I try and get out of the accent. There's a section of road uh, along the A363 between Trowbridge and Bathford, uh, or Bathford, I should say. Uh, and it's the road's known as Sally in the Woods. So you can actually find it if you do a little Google search now. If you've got the chance, you, you put in, uh, go on Google Maps and type in Sally in the Woods. They've named, renamed half of this particular road so it starts out as one particular road name and then uh, along the way it gets changed to sally in the woods um and interestingly it's claimed to be um not just in the uk but one of the world's most haunted um locations um not because of like it's got the highest amount of ghosts but because it's got the most real effect as such um there's been uh numerous car crashes uh, and even recently there was a landslide that occurred occurred on the uh, uh on the site um i've got some other information in front of me so i'm just going to pull some of this up because I, I took a couple of notes and i just i want to make sure that the information i'm obviously giving you is right but as far as i know there is um i think it was eight fatality uh like eight not just eight fatalities themselves but eight fatal Uh, car crashes um so there's uh there's there's two potentially well there's more than two ghosts but there's there's potentially two or three different stories going on here and modern stories claim that a girl was murdered in the area um so the the road goes through this this woodland um and there's modern stories claim that basically a girl was murdered in the area and that a spirit haunts those that pass by um there's also reports that the birds in the area are unable to sing which must be quite disconcerting, walking through a woodland and all the birds there are not singing. Um, however, the area and the stories appear to go much further back in time. And we're talking around about the 1700s. Um, uh, bright local writer, Crystal Payne, which is um, sounds, no offence, Crystal, if you're listening, but Crystal Payne is saying sounds like a wrestler. Um, Crystal Payne um, tells another I wonder if Crystal talks like that, uh, tells another story. <laughs> she probably does. <laughs> i'm crystal Pain. i come from somerset i'm about right, to crystal Pain. i'm gonna whoop your ass yeah i'm gonna tear you up and give you a can of smack down on your ass etc i'm getting carried away get to the story steve um so crystal uh tells another story about the area claiming that sally gibson uh born in 1724 um died at the ripe old age of 100. So she lived until 1824. Uh, um, she was the wife, apparently she was the wife of the local gamekeeper who when he died was forced out of her, uh, she was forced out of the home that they lived in and uh, had to go to a, a hut in the woods. Um, and uh, the longevity of her life is allegedly because of the time, ty- well, that that longevity of life at the time was attributed to her being a witch. So at the time, they thought she was a witch because yeah. Um, and she'd cursed anyone who refused to help her get things like supplies from from local towns and stuff like that. Um, so uh, it's uh, according to some of these reports and there are reports as in like we're talking like newspaper articles. So it's not just sort of like, you know, someone's just gone and thrown together um, something like you know oh, sort of there is this old myth well um there's uh, a couple of news reporters on here british news reporters who traveled their way deep into the center of the wood i'm not sure how big this wood is if you live in the local area do let us know but i think it's one for us to go along to sometime yeah uh, there, there's a tower uh old hidden uh t- it's, it says like an infamous tower but deep into the woods um there was uh the, the reports were that as you get deeper into the woods, uh, there's things like there's no wind. Um, yet you can hear crunches of branches and sounds of footsteps, um, that seem to circle, uh, people, um, uh, seasoned ghost hunters have said that they've, they've, uh, felt really uneasy in the area. Um, seasoned. Which, uh, yeah, seasoned. So they're, they tends to be like sage. On, uh, possibly. <laughs> um,
1: I um, carry. So, I can't think of any seasons right now. Cajun,
0: C- Cajun seasoning. Yes, that's the one. It's nothing like killing a ghost story when talking about Cajun <laughs> seasoning. Um, oh, apologies. But- there's there's several um that certain ghost report uh ghost investigators have reported other ghosts speaking to them and saying that they are with the witch um which uh and there's photo I've, i've just literally found photos of this tower inside so there's a little stone tower uh with some ominous uh graffiti on the inside of it um and uh I'll read you what one of these reporters said, that he, he made contact with two children in the... This is a psychic reporter. He was a, I, don't, I don't know if that's how he transmitted his report. He just telepathic
1: <laughs> sent... Definitely paper. easier. You can homework if you can do that. Can't you?
0: But he said there was a brother and sister who revealed that they'd been murdered. Um, the girl had been running away when she was caught and was still distraught about it. Um, and they've been the two children apparently got killed by the witch. But this ties into the modern story and um, the claim that a girl was murdered in the area and that her spirit haunts those that pass by. Now that girl, um, which is, re- you know, fairly, fairly modern. I think it was late nineties, like 97. They didn't find out who killed her. They eventually found her body, but they didn't find out who killed her. So, Mm. This psychic, and this is a report from 2017. So what? Ten years later? Uh, Twenty yep. years later? Sorry, um, and I, they haven't made that connection on here. So I'm. I'm this is bro- groundbreaking stuff as you listen to this. Podcast. Yeah, finding yep, more. Yep.
1: This, is, this is us on British Haunting, bringing you up to date news. Yep.
0: So you know, did did, uh, did the witch of these woods um, was was Sally the uh, person who killed? Uh, killed the girl um and mm-hmm. the brother as well who was with her so who knows. Um so that there, rather who really on, there's there's not too much more to say on that one. I just wanted to bring you the um the story of Sally in the woods. Uh again Sally, down in yeah. Somerset. Um you can if you type Somerset. in Sally in Google Maps in Somerset, you'll be able to find that exact road. And um I don't know if you can see the tower on there at all or anything like that. It says it's hidden in the woods, but that is one that um i think i might have to organize some kind of trip mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah that haunting that, trip. That was, that was my spirit of the week I uh, i've a good one. time on that and i should have done dan but i'll let you go ahead and uh, um tell us your spirit of the week
1: spirit of... well this one um this one's a bit different because i i i mean i stumbled across this i don't know i don't know what to call it a shanty
2: shall i say
0: oh cool. yeah didn't Ashanti I mean, no. like, have, like, a top 10 hit back in, like, the early 2000s?
2: <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> I can't think of what you might mean.
0: Oh. I'm sure <laughs> there was, like, an R&B um, star called... Oh, oh like...
1: you're thinking Ashanti. No, this That's is A-Shanti, <laughs> as in oh. a C a C C-tune, a song some, sang <laughs> by Seaman, you know. Oh. Anyway, so if picture this, I'm in an old part of town. I've never been down before. You know when you you you're walking in a part of town and you think I've never this is I've lived here for how many years? I was on. It was dark and it, it clouds as I'd walked towards it. Clouds were coming over me, and uh, I went into this shop and that you know the doors bowed and and when I go in, there doesn't seem to be anybody there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. This was in an old wooden apple box full of gnarled old photos, yellow dog eared papers, faded writing, and smudged warnings it was it was creepy, I have to say, and uh, so I'll read you what it said if you're ready,
0: yeah, I am go for it creepy. yeah
1: so i like i say i I don't know much about it, but I have to see if I can do it justice. So here we are In a room in Jurawida where I was lain, a presence he came upon me. Oh what be your name? A silence in the room, but I could feel his touch, a feeling that I grew to love so much. And then this bit seems to be from another perspective. Over three hundred years I've searched for some (laughs) mean. I don't know why you're laughing, it's very serious. And mm-hmm. all because of Pirates of the Caribbean. Hmm. Um, and then back to the first. On a boat in the ocean where we were wet, he could not assent, so a medium spoke instead. A silence on the waters, but I could feel his love. A feeling that I could, oh, a feeling that I knew could fit like a glove. And then back to the over three hundred years, I searched for some meaning, <laughs> and it was all because of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, in the town where we lived, soon after matrimony, an illness came upon me. He was trying to kill me, so I hi- hired a shaman to evict him from my heart hole. A soul extraction. I could feel him no more. <laughs> And then the last bit on this—it's a bit faded—but it says, "Over three hundred years, he had searched for someone to murder, and he had found Northern Ireland's only female Jack Sparrow impersonator." (laughs) So so that's that's this week's spirit of the week. If you want to find that story,
0: that's amazing. Like I
1: said, I found you know it was this bookshop somewhere. I think it was a bookshop anyway, and somewhere in town, it was grim, dark. And this uh, some some would call it a piece of parchment. I'm not sure what you would say, really, <laughs> but um I have it in the room with me, obviously, I've just sang. and as I've just finished it up, it's disintegrated in front of me, so
0: oh incredible, yeah. so we've got actual incredible. phenomena happening again live there on the you podcast. go um just just uh, on uh, just quickly on that Sally on the woods, uh yes. whilst I is being wonderfully entertained uh, i had a uh, i had a quick google search on the map and it seems and i might be wrong but it seems as though if you go on sally in the woods which is right next to bathford um there's a map obviously as, a, as you would imagine there's a big woodland nearby and there's something called brown's folly uh it's a landmark so you can click on it and it looks like it looks like the tower that these reporters might have gone. And it's in the middle of the woods and it's a big stone tower. It says it's an historical landmark. Uh, and nearby there's something called the Browns Folly Car Park, which again is in the middle of the woods. And there's a camping site nearby. So you could legitimately go to the camping site, uh, go along to the car park and make your way through these woods. Um, that sounds like a right old jolly weekend. I think we should it do this.
2: Yeah. Sweet. It would be well, not to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then there yeah, um, mm, that would be good. Uh, does a bear shit in the woods? No, but two paranormal investigators do when they well, find
1: probably it. good. One of them is gonna be wearing doubled up nappies. So
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I hope hope this has been uh, useful and inspiring for you, the uh, the listener. Uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you again, and um, thank you so much for your time. Thank uh, you very much we're really really grateful um if you're not following us already on uh instagram facebook and now twitter as of this week uh we're on there now um then uh go and find us uh, at british haunting uh give us a follow give us a like if you can give us a share that'd be great if you're able to share this podcast to uh, any of your friends and family we will be extremely grateful uh, we enjoy bringing these to you and we 'd love to be able to reach a, a larger audience again. Thank you so much from me Steve me um, Dan and uh, we shall speak to you again next week Bye. take care and goodbye.